Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to our first ever episode of our brand spanking new podcast, MJR and Friends. That's MJR right here. It's Michael Rossi. I am here debuting this new podcast, a new platform for uh, local leaders, business owners, charity runners, healthcare workers, dog walkers, anyone that wants to come on and share a word share their thoughts on things, share their businesses. This is what MJR and Friends is about. And I am very excited to have our special guest on. She was part of our Studs podcast a couple months ago. I think three months ago, two months ago. I think so. So much has changed. It has changed (laughs) since that that first first topic. But today we have debuting on our first episode, we have Jennifer uh, Ebbett, not Everett, Jennifer Ebbett, uh, care navigator for Hope Health, uh, amazing mom. And then Holland Oats Fanatic. Jennifer, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm good. Good. I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to learn today. I'm excited okay. for all the listeners to uh, to learn today. Before we continue, you can check us out. Our brand new name, the MJR Podcast Family. We have the MJR and Friends Podcast, which will be debuting soon. We have the Dad uh, and Bud Podcast. There's already a couple episodes that have been published. That's with my buddy uh, Will and his son. You can check that out, dabd.a.b.podcast. And then we have Meet Up with Mila, which is actually debuting on Saturday. That's debuting tomorrow morning. That's with my great friend Melissa Hooks. She's going to be sharing her thoughts on things. We got a lot of podcasts and hopefully more to add. And don't forget, we still got the GOAT, the Studs Podcast. That's still coming out. We'll be doing all of our sports and fun takes with that. They can check us out, MJR Podcast Family, on Facebook and YouTube, all the individual channels on themselves, Spotify, all that stuff. But let's get into it. Um, Jennifer, thank you for uh, for coming on today and sharing your word. And, uh, Thanks let's for begin. having me. Let's all right. Begin. Very good. All right. So the first thing uh, I saw that you wanted to uh, speak about is, and I think it's something dire, is the COVID-19, the new strain. Yes. And Obviously, that definitely puts fear in a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts and maybe research that you've done on that and things you'd like to share about that. Yeah, so, I mean, we all know that the, the flu virus comes around the globe every year, changes every year. That's why the flu vaccine is different every year. Um, it's never the same twice, essentially. Viruses need to adapt to survive. Um, And this virus isn't any different. So I think people are really scared of what it looks like coming around, hearing that it's a new thing or a different thing. But I think it's it's expected. And I do see um, some pretty current research, I want to say, on the Pfizer vaccine that says that it may be helpful against this new strain because it's not going to change by leaps and bounds. It's going to change a little bit to try to be unnoticed in the bodies it infects. So the vaccines that are in, going out there, getting in people's arms, it should probably still be protective, um, which is good to know. Um, yeah, it sounds scarier maybe than it is. And I think, you know, the media gives us the information that sells papers. Like, we have to remember that it can be a little scarier in the media than it might be in real life um, until proven otherwise. So I, I don't think it's anything we need to be terrified of. I think it's something to be mindful of and know that, this this bug is still new and it's adapting and it's trying to survive just like we are. And you bring up a good point too, and I pulled it up, but you already you already got to it. The the, the uh, article about the the Pfizer vaccine supposedly right. appears to work against mutation, which I think is great news. Yeah, I, I would take that definitely at, at 
uh, as great news. Um, I, I think in general, I think the media does a great job of definitely like even I mean, bring it up. What, what happened Wednesday was that Wednesday right. or third Wednesday was horrific. Oh, yeah, it's a blur. The whole horrific. week is a blur. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was like that was one of those things where it's like I didn't feel like doing anything. Yeah. Like like you have like the Boston Marathon like that day I didn't feel like doing anything or when you have just like a big event like that it's like w- what is going on? Yeah. What is what is going on and um, the media I think always portrays things in a worse light cuz it draws people and people are attracted right. to attracted right. to drama um but my uh, my question to you is, um, how long do you see like do you see this new strain coming in and taking over, or do you think it's actually going to be a little with this vaccine? Do you think it's going to be as bad? I don't. I don't know. You know, I don't think it'll be as bad. I think that we are. You know, when they created that vaccine, like there's more to immunology and virology than I'll ever forget, let alone know and understand. Um, it's built into the science. So vaccines, it's built into the science. You know, it's a virus is a dynamic thing and it's good at changing itself to survive. So it's built into the science of these vaccines. And and if we get good herd immunity and we get good numbers of people to get vaccinated and we continue our social distancing, we continue our masking and we do those things to stay you know, on the right side of this, then I don't think it's going to be that bad all of a sudden, you know, come back around and it's like COVID 2.0. I I don't see that being the case. I mean, I hate to tempt karma, but I I don't, I see it being built into the science that's there to protect us from what we already know. Fears. What are some fears you're hearing about the vaccine? Um, There's the normal the, the, the normal vaccine fears, I think, are like anything else. You know, people don't want to get the flu shot because, well, um, it's going to give me the flu or it's going to make me feel sick or my arm is going to hurt. And I have to miss the gym or whatever. Um, I hear a lot of those very normal, rational fears of, hey, it's a new vaccine. It was created pretty quick. And, you know, I don't know if I trust it to put in my body, um, which as a side note, if you've ever eaten a McRib, um, you can get the vaccine it's by far safer than most of the food we put in our body in this country. So the uh, McRib's got the vitamins. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got the vitamins. I'm sure. Right? Yeah. 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 You should be a thousand times more worried about the fast food that goes into your body than a vaccine. Um, so it's been tested. Has it been tested as much as something that has 10 years worth of research? No, we don't have time for that. You know, so people have those normal rational fears of, well, I don't want to get sick from it. But the bigger fears um, lead more into the mental health status of the 24-hour news cycle, social media stuff, which is there's people who don't want to get the vaccine because there's microchips in it. And there's nanoparticles that will track my internet searches. I mean, these are real fringe concerns that people take as gospel, which is insane to me. Um, But there are people out there that really are afraid of this vaccine for some sort of governmental tracking device like this has all been some kind of joke and it's it's bizarre the fears that i've heard people come up with bizarre don't even have more words for it than that just craziness for sure do you feel that there is one that's better than the other 
they both have their own kind of perks as far as the the two pharmaceutical companies. So the Moderna, they thought, was a little bit more um, effective, I believe, in the beginning of when they were both rolled out and um, thought that the Moderna was more likely to stop you from being able to spread COVID, that it would sort of come into your body and die there as opposed to just protect you but you could still spread it. Um, and now they're saying the Pfizer vaccine has more um, potentially coverage against any mutation. So I think they both are, you know, if you can get one or the other, I wouldn't wait for the other one to come available. If you have access to getting one or the other, get it. I've obviously yeah. had my doubts, of course. I think and I think everyone has. I don't think there's one person that can sit there and say, I have no, I'm no fear of doing it. Like, like I'm right. sure you have it down your head, like, What's going to happen to me three months from now? Right. Am I, and that, am I, am yeah. I going to mutate? <laughs> right. And are those those fears? I mean, it's, yeah. it's Norman. And, and the problem with it is, is we should all have that fear with everything we do to our body, but we don't. You know, people don't, we don't take heart disease into question because we can just eat, you know, a, a terrible diet and smoke and drink and, you know, have all these things that are bad because of it. And not think that that's the same as questioning a vaccine to question your diet. It's just easier to say no to a one-time shot than it is to say no to a whole lifestyle that you don't want to give up. Um, so I think it should start the conversation of really paying attention to what we do to our bodies and what we put into our bodies. But I think the conversation kind of ends with a lot of people of, I'm nervous about this particular vaccine um, and not want to get it. And sure, if something happens three months from now and it's caused from the vaccine, I'll kind of, you know, I'll, I'll be upset, obviously, you know, if something goes wrong. But we risk, we, we outweigh benefit to risk. And that's a big question in healthcare with everything is risk and benefit. So you outweigh the risk of not getting the vaccine versus the benefit of getting it. I'm getting it 10 times out of 10. You already have in nine minutes, 10 minutes, the quote of the whole podcast. And that Thank is, you. don't be afraid of the back. It's something I, I kind of switched around, but don't be afraid of the vaccine. Be afraid of the food and things you put into your body. Yeah. I think that that's the, that's the quote already. Like we're done. Bye. All right. And we're ending See you this later. Now. That's yeah. it. I, I think that is a great quote. And it brings up this next point. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, um, scientists and, and even po other podcasters and biohackers and this is the time covid should be the time where you really reflect and say what do i need to do to my body to change it what how, what other ways can i become healthier and from a personal perspective have you seen people maybe around you or even patients or people that they're like this changed my life like i'm losing weight faster than I, I'm, I'm doing things differently like have you seen any people kind of taking this more seriously or are they still continuing their same habits? i can't say that i've seen anything significant in that way unfortunately i wish you know that people would start to use this as a jumping off point of hey they need to think about what i do to my body um i need to think about the condition i'm in and the people that were most at risk were the ones that had poor health to begin with, you know, and, and if this wasn't the motivator to turn around and say, oh, I should probably do something about that. I don't know what is um, our diet and lifestyle in this country is going to kill us just as much as COVID, you know, and there's not enough change. I think would you, would you say part. more over a long span of time, our life, our lifestyle kills us more than anything else. 
Absolutely. Even Our COVID. levels, COVID's working faster. Yeah. COVID's you taking advantage of our lifestyle, you know, that's taking advantage of a body that can't fight back because it's not healthy, you know? So those are those, that's, and that's in essence why when you have a lot of risk factors, by the numbers, you get sicker from this and you are more likely to die from this. I mean, you, we have those outliers of, you know, sports, um, figures and athletes that get sick and never recover fully because of the damage the disease has caused. This is not to say that it unilaterally only affects you if you're in poor health, but your your outcomes are much worse if you're in poor health. But it's easier to say, no, I don't trust the vaccine. I'm not putting it in my body on a one-time offer than it is to every single day get up and drink water and exercise and limit the the saturated fats and the junk that we eat. That's a lifestyle and it's much harder to take care of our body long-term than it is to make one snap decision to sound like you're refusing it because of your, you know, fearful of the side effect or whatever. Um, we need to be more mindful of our health because look, the number one killers in the country, cancers, heart disease, diabetes, you know, strokes, those are predominantly caused by lifestyle, whether it's stress, diet, drinking, drugs, smoking, lifestyle accounts for a whole lot of the reasons that we all die, really. And, and you know, again, you just keep bringing up the point of lifestyle. And I, I, I really haven't, until you said that, that's been one of the best, honestly, that's been one of the best quotes I've heard. Just you're afraid of taking the vaccine, which again, I'll admit I've had my doubts about yeah. taking it. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Right. Um, will I take it though? Yes. But mm. I've had, I've had my doubts. Um, but when you, when you say it like that, when you say what you put in your body, <laughs> when you eat a McRib, when you eat a piece of pizza <laughs> from Cumberland Farms at 2 a.m. on a Saturday <laughs> night after you've been partying, because right. that's what I do. Right. That is far worse than probably anything that this vaccine is putting into your body. Right. And, right. and it just, it's just a different perspective. And I think a lot of people need, include probably myself, I mean everyone, I think you need a different perspective on what is happening. Right. And um, I think anytime you take a medication or you accept any medical procedure, drug, anything, we should give it pause. You know, med these things aren't little. I mean, a vaccine... You know, it's a simple little thing. It's a little needle poke, but it's, you know, it's telling your immune system what to do. I mean, it's, it's something you need to consider just like medication, anything you take for medication, like you should understand it you should have a healthy respect for it. Um, can't just be going rogue on stuff like that. You know, it, 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 it should be the start of a, a thought process and the thought, the start of a conversation with ourselves when we really feel strongly yes or no to take a vaccine or to take a medication to question all the things we do to our body, you know? Absolutely. And, and I wanted to uh, uh, bring up something that I saw and I can't find the article. It, it was, it was, uh, I forgot what channel it was on too, but they were talking about the Spanish flu. Yeah. And then the 1918 pandemic. And I remember they saying the, how it came to New York and they had a vaccine so fast Mm-hmm. And people took it and they saw it. Now, I could be wrong. There could be some mixed up facts there. But they just talked about how fast they had lines mm -hmm. around seven, eight blocks in New York City. And they got most more vaccines done in a weekend. 
than probably like like it and the point is why isn't that happening right now why 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 are it like again i watched the news the other day and i saw some places are shutting down at five o'clock yeah no more no vet why aren't they open all day every day with all different shifts first shift second shift third shift why isn't this happening is it logistical is it is it logical? can it happen or not I think a big piece of it right now is you need healthcare workers to administer these vaccines and you you need first responders to give these vaccines and they are in pitifully short supply right now. And you think about the medical supplies it takes to administer one vaccine. So you sit down, that, that table, that chair has to be sanitized. There's alcohol pads, there's syringes, there's rubber gloves, there's face masks that has to get all thrown away or sanitized and and reused for the next person. So there's a cost, a human cost to have someone in that chair to vaccinate you as well as there's, you know, healthcare bits and pieces of things we need to have there to to make it happen and those things are still in short supply, especially people. People are in very short supply. I don't think there's one area of this country that's not touched by short staffed um healthcare. It's scary. And that brings up the next topic that I want that we want to go into. But before we do that, your honest answer: How long do you see this lasting for? Like, like, do you see do you see an end in sight where at least I mean, it'll never end. Obviously, it's going to be the new flu, right? And this worst is, version. It's never going to go away. This is like, going to be on you know your children's childhood immunization records. You know, you're going to have your your measles, mumps, rubella. You're going to have COVID. COVID. Yeah, this is, it's not just going to go away. It has to get woven into the fabric of our lives. Um, not to sound like a cotton commercial from the 90s, um, but it has to be woven into what we, you know, what we live with every day. Um, when do you see a maskless society? Maybe within two years. It depends on us. It depends on the choices we make. You know, if we're going to continually have voices that are telling us it's a hoax, it's not real, it's brainwashing to wear a mask. If we're going to go there, you know, we're never going to get where we need to be. We need to hit, I think the the general census is 70% or more of the population has to be vaccinated fully. So two vaccines a month or so apart to start the process of having a herd immunity sufficient enough to go back to a maskless society. I would say two years because again, human behavior. This is human behavior. That's what needs to change to make a difference in any of this. And it's probably less likely than the most advanced science to fix the problem when it could be fixed very, very much uh, more easily by a change in human behavior. But we see how well that's going most of the time. So, yes, 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 yes. Let's get into uh, uh, healthcare and um the burden that is putting on frontline workers and, and I honestly and you see it um it's it's brutal mm-hmm. um you know just, just as a transporter I, and I can only imagine the nurses and doctors what they're going through but just just wearing a respirator on my mask on my my face mm-hmm. for more than five minutes I'm like well, I I can't do this yeah I can't breathe I yeah. I, I, I can't I can't do this and mm-hmm. To see the agony and to see what these nurses and these doctors are, especially the nurses. I really want to shout out to everyone in the hospital, everyone in the hospital, especially the nurses and what I see them do every single day. And it's like, I I have no blame for someone if they looked at you and said, 
I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 done. I've done yeah. I've done my duty. Like I want to like go home and <laughs> I, right. I want to start my own business. Like like this is not. Want to do anything else? <laughs> what I signed on for. And and, and yeah. you bring up a good point. People are frontline workers again called heroes from a society that still thinks this pandemic is fake. Right. And, and I I would like you to elaborate on that. Yeah, I um I'm not I'm not gonna make the one to one um comparison that what healthcare workers are dealing with right now are the same as um military. But I, I, I catch the flavor of what it must have been like to fight and die in, say, the Vietnam War, knowing that everybody at home disagreed with it. So you're you're laying your life on the line and you're you're giving it everything you have and more to then turn around and have someone think that the fight you're fighting is baloney. You know, it's you you, you can call all the healthcare workers heroes. At the end of the day, many of us are just, we want to help. We got into healthcare to help. We got in healthcare to make suffering less. Um, but we're also grateful to still have a job that pays the bills. You know, a lot of people can't say that. Healthcare, we sure can. Uh, but calling us heroes and then turning around and still having people stand on whatever um, pulpit they have to stand on to say, this isn't real when we're the ones who see it day in and day out wreak havoc on so many more levels than just the patients that have COVID. Um, the mental toll is exhausting. It's, it blows my mind to, to know that there's this dual school of thought of you guys are amazing. You're putting your life on the line. And, and these healthcare workers, the, the CNAs, the um, housekeeping, the transporters, the people who make stuff happen, we're all out there and we're all putting things at risk and we're working our tails off. And you have people saying, God, thank you so much. You know, that must be really scary. Good for you for sticking it out. And then on the other side of things, you have people going, that's nah, all crap. My friend got hit by a train and they said he died from COVID. The, the emotional toll is like, I'm sure there's a good, a better psychiatric professional out there that can give you a better insight than I can, but it's just mind-numbing um, to exist in both of those places at once. This could be off the record if you wanted to, but my, you bring up a good point because I've heard uh, a lot of people mention this. Is there any truth or do you believe that there's any truth? And like I said, if you don't want it on here, we edit it up. If there's any truth to hospitals – claiming false COVID, COVID cases for money. The concept of that being possible, if someone's figured it out, I don't know how. I mean, there's you're putting your entire life on the line to say that you're intentionally falsifying any medical record. I mean, falsifying medical information is... That's that's a fast way to jail and a fast way to lose your license. You know, hospitals are hemorrhaging money, which seems crazy, right? You know, you're sick. A sick person's a patient in a hospital. That's a customer. Not all these people are insured and not no. all these people are paying for their hospitalization. And if your insurance company says you're only sick enough to their reviewers, you're only sick enough to get 30 days in the hospital and you need to be there for 90 that hospital's not getting paid for you. I mean, hospitals are hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money. And you think, well, nurses get paid well, doctors surely get paid well, and you're working overtime. You know, the hospital's got to be raking it in, and they're not. You know, there's no 
there's nothing to be gained by falsifying a medical record to say those things. What people don't understand is when you die and you have a, a death certificate, the most likely cause of death is listed on your death certificate, but so are all of your other active conditions. So COVID might be listed on your death certificate if you've tested positive for COVID. If you died because you had a heart attack, but while you were being worked up for your heart attack, you were also diagnosed with COVID, it's going on that documentation. So it's not falsified for any gain, it's, it's completeness of a medical record that kind of thing. Um, but I, it's just, it's easy for people to say, well, you know, I, I know that this happens because it's easy to just write, you know, something down, but they don't realize the implications and the layers of, you know, checking and double checking that these things are accurate. That, that's, I think, I think a lot of people need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, we don't know what we don't know. You know, I know these things because that's my profession. You know, that's what I do. That's what I see. There's a lot of stuff about, you know, construction that I can make a, a, an assessment on or a, a, a judgment call on, but I might not know nine tenths of what that actually is. Um, so it's easy for me to say, well, I know this happens because I think it makes sense that that could happen. Um, but it just doesn't. Let me uh, move on to uh, to this. Um, there was something that I just thought I thought of before we came on. How are you, and, and how is um, anyone who's working with you know the the final goodbyes and, and uh, people who are are about to die and need to do? How are you dealing with the families that can't go in and see their their patients, and they only get to see them ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time? When they're already passed. Right. Or they'll get 15 to 30 minutes to come into the hospital. And, and I know you must see it too over where oh, you yeah. are because it's oh, the... Yeah. It's, it's devastating. A, it, it is absolutely awful. Um, so we're, I guess you can call it lucky in the sense that if you are going to be granted visit for your family member in the hospital, you get it if they're dying. You know, you, you do get some time to come in and see them. I mean, we've gone from times during this pandemic where there was, you know, sorry, you cannot come in here. You cannot see your loved one Um, to other times where it's been a little bit more open. And now we're back to very short time, no open visitation. Um, It's heartbreaking. You know, and a lot of these families haven't seen their loved ones because of their own, you know, isolation or quarantine or they're coming in from a nursing home. And it's, you know, to tell somebody you can't, see your family member as they're dying. I know as, as someone who lost their their mom in the hospital, you know, we camped out at her bedside all night. I can't imagine being told you can't come here. You can't see her. Um, it's, it, it's absolutely, it's like nothing I ever anticipated seeing um, doing this kind of work. And, and what's like, like, I'm sure you have people come up to you and say, you know, how do I get through this? Yeah. How, how do I get through not being able to see my my family, my cousin, my yeah best friend? How, how, how do you how do you uh, cope them through it? Or, or so you know, is there even a, a way to? I I don't know if there's any magic, you know, words or any magic. Um combination of things to do to, to kind of get through this. But I mean, we, 
our organization's been really amazing. You know, we have a fantastic team of support professionals whose who's only, you know, mission a lot of times is putting things together for, you know, grief support and, and caregiver support and health caregiver support. You know, we have uh, different virtual support groups and um, opportunities to reach out and say, hey, I'm not okay. <laughs> you know, so those are the more formal things. But a lot of times I, you know, I try to tell families that, you know, if you can get, if you can get one person in to visit, even for a short time, put it on a Skype, put it on a FaceTime call, um, try to get as many people to see them, you know, live and in color as you can. Um, a lot of the staff, you know, there's been some really amazing stories of the staff um, using personal phones, you know, if they have to, um, to just do a video call just to say, see, mom's okay. We're having a great day. You know, just trying to be as human as possible and getting these guys to, to see their families. But it's not easy. I mean, I've had families hysterical from the car, you know, that they couldn't come in. They couldn't see their loved ones. You know, I don't know. I don't think there's any good words, but I know it, it weighs as heavy on the the caregiver, the nurses, the staff, as it does on the families to be able to say, no, you can't come here because um, that decision's bigger than us, unfortunately. So when you say uh, to move on, the collateral suffering of, of the pandemic, what, mm-hmm. what, what do you mean by that? So... These, especially like just like we're talking about right now, these these families that can't come in and see their loved ones, that's not because their loved one is directly affected by COVID. It's not because they themselves are affected by COVID. It's the restrictions in place to control this pandemic um, that is raging still out of control, even after all we know and all we've done, um, still out there. So it's not that, you know, COVID directly is affecting these families. It's not, you know, it's this sort of collateral suffering of because of COVID, I can't see my loved one in the hospital because of COVID. I can't spend a holiday normally with my loved ones. You know, I can't feel comfortable going in and getting timely treatment. You know, I have seen patients and families that were so afraid to go into the hospital to have a, a, you know, a nagging symptom checked that by the time they did come to find out it was cancer and it was everywhere. Um, those kinds of things, you know, that just the the presence of a pandemic condition has had to change so much around us and affect so much around us. My, um, the, the final point I would like to, um, to bring up is, and I know we touched on it before, but I know you wanted to bring up the mental health of yeah. the country right now and and again with the events that transpired on wednesday i don't think it's very good it is so, not very good and i say that jokingly but like like it, it's serious i i, I yeah. what would you like to say about about that so i think very much of what we're facing with faced with right now comes down to the internet was supposed to be like Human, humanity's greatest creation, right? Unlimited access to information, unlimited connections to other people and other cultures. And we really did not use it the way it was intended. Um, we have been able to take these very outlying fringe conspiracy theories, sort of edge of reality, sci-fi thoughts, stick them on a meme and have people take them as gospel. 
it's yep. not okay. And it's easier to digest a funny little picture, you know, of, of Keanu Reeves with a little blip on it that gives you information that speaks to your side of how you want to believe something happened. It's easy. It's far harder to find reputable sources and fact. And, and the fact that fact has been able to become optional um, and math seems to be optional and it, it doesn't do well for the psyche. I mean, we all know if we turn off the news, we're going to feel a whole lot better because the news is just crazy and we're going to fall right down that rabbit hole with it. But it's always there and it's it's intermixed. You know, the, the bad things that are going on in the world are, are our like they're always there. You know, there's a 24-hour news cycle. There's a thousand social media outlets. It's always in our face, you know, and it it alone, that constant barrage of information alone is enough to make us all a little wacky. But then you start to see these common threads of things that you're like, wow, that that's happening because that guy on, on, on Facebook told me it's happening. And now you take it on as gospel and everything is a conspiracy. I mean, it really, it's very paranoid behavior to think that everyone is out to get you and everything's a conspiracy. But now we kind of live in a world where people take that as, as truth and question the people who went to school for more years than I've been alive. And I'm not young, um, to, to master their craft of science and math and, and it can be undone with a meme that some dude made in his basement. So it's it's not good. And it goes back to that same, we're watching people die. Healthcare is watching people die, hand over fist. And the internet tells us that those numbers are fake. The, the pandemic is a mind control device and the vaccine has microchips in it. It weighs on a person to see it happen in real life and then be told it's not happening. Like it's like living in the matrix. It's, it's not good for anybody's mental health. But you know, the effects of, of this week kind of show that. You know, maybe there is substance to what a lot of those people believed was happening in the government, and maybe there's not. But to believe something so passionately to do what was done blows my mind. You know, it it blows my mind. It, it it definitely is, and and before we, um, I got a little something fun, like oh, I always no. do. Oh, but no. before but before we go into that, um, anything else? Any final thoughts you'd like to cover? Any final points? No, I just you know I'm I'm thinking of of all the families out there that are affected by everything that's going on and doing what they can to take their loved ones home to care for them instead of seeing them go to a nursing home or be trapped in the hospital. It, this is not easy. You know, if, if there's anything we can all learn from this is that it's okay to have difference of opinion. It's okay to, to not feel like you're being told the total and utter truth by the world around us. But when we stand so firmly on one side or the other, it blocks the view of the person on the other side. You know, we have to be able to bend. We have to be able to see what's going on from more than the perspective that we personally understand. You know, we have the ability to be worldly. We have the internet. We, you can learn anything you want. We just have to learn the right things and be able to understand where other people are coming from. You know, we, 
we have to accept science. We have to accept fact. We have to accept math because those are things that aren't optional, but we also have to understand the human piece of this and not be so stringent with our side of things. Just be human and, and see each other's point and understand their life has made them feel and think and understand things a certain way. Just take everything with a grain of salt. Life's supposed to be fun. We're all taking everything way too seriously. It's been a joy learning from you. Hey, thanks. I do what I can. I, every time I'm learning something new. Um, Good. And I hope there's going to be another time. I do too. I, I, I do hope. I do hope so. But let's get a little fun because okay. I'm a fun guy and I can't be serious for too long, as okay. you can see. So, yeah, I so know. it is time to play Name That Tune, part two. Oh, no. Yes. And of course, we, we got to do it. We got to do it. I've, I've actually found some new Hall of Notes songs that I've, I've actually come to like. New. Um, some okay. new, like, no, not new. Like, like no, not new. From, no, like, back but... there, just, like, some newer ones. And I'm like, you know, when when, when Jennifer's coming back on, we got to do this. So uh, last time we played trivia. This time we're playing Name That Tune. You know I'm terrible good. at this, right? Yes, and that's why I'm doing yeah. it. So. Okay, thank you. So we're going to play Name That Tune, and this is a part of the MJ and our friends tradition. So whoever comes on will have to do something, sort of name that type of thing. So, okay. Um, anyway, all right. So, and like I said, these are all whole note songs. So it really cuts it down for you. All right. All right. We're all gonna right. See, we're going to see how you do in this trivia. It comes from funtrivia.com slash playquiz slash quiz. That's the lyric, and it's from funtrivia.com. So okay. uh, shout out to funtrivia.com. It says the average score for this quiz is 60% and okay. the difficulty is tough. So, okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for let's, this. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Which song contains the following line? You tell me your best friend's world seems beautiful. I'm going to go with. I, yeah. All right. Continue. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I was going to give you, I can give you the uh, four choices out of touch. Some things are better left unsaid. Everything your heart desires or possession obsession. I'm going to go with the second one. Okay. I guess it doesn't you know, tell me the answer, so we got to wait till the end. What's up? Okay. No, I was just saying I'm even worse at this when it's spoken words and it's not lyrics. Well, I'll try to sing it if you know if okay. I know what it is because I don't even know what that was. All right. Yeah. Next one. Broken ice still melts in the sun. Is that out of touch? You make my dreams, change of season, or say it isn't so. That one's out of touch. Oh, boy. Okay. That was a Liam favorite when he was little. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Can you play a hall of notes, Mr. Rossi? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's a yeah, sure. six-year-old's request. Yeah, Yeah, sure, I'll do it. Um, if you're not an easy mark, it's a shot in the dark that hits the heart. Did it in a minute. You make my dreams private eyes or rich girl. I don't I can't place that one. I'm gonna go with uh Rich Girl. Okay. Think I'll spend eternity in the city. Let the carbon and monoxide choke my thoughts away. I know this one. Is it Rich Girl? Wait for me. Possession obsession and she's gone. I don't know that one. Oh, that's such a good one too. Oh the last one. This song was covered, by the way, by a local band, Tavares. They're, uh, oh. they're amazing. Yeah, they were back in the 70s and 80s. They, they actually did it better than Hall of Notes. But anyway, um, if you feel like leaving, you know you can go. Is that she's gone? Sarah's smile. Wait for me or did it in a, did it 
a minute. First one. Okay. All right, I think got, that's probably wrong. Probably. All right, we got four more. Okay. The boys are busy in the mirrors trying to imitate their heroes. Is that did it in a minute? Some things are better left unsaid. Adult education or possession obsession? Adult education. Okay. All right, three more. She had sultry eyes. She made it perfectly plain that she was his for a price. Adult education, family man, man-eater, or possession obsession? Is that man-eater? These people really like possession obsession. No kidding. That's very very tough to say. I know. I was hoping more for uh, Sarah's smile options. I know, huh? It's all right. So you said man-eater? Yeah, I think so. All right. Easy, ready, willing, overtime. Where does it stop? Where do you dare me to draw the line? Come on. Come on. I told you I'm terrible at this, and it's Friday. I'm brain dead. Possession obsession. I can't go for that. No can do. Adult education or man eater. Easy, ready, willing. No can do. I can't go for that? This is not translating well for me. I, I helped you a lot with that. Yeah, you All did. Right. Next one. I can call you. Got your number. Share my life with you a thousand miles away. Possession, obsession, method of modern love. Some things are better left unsaid or family man. I'm going to go with possession, obsession because they yeah, really let's give wanted that me to choose yes. that. Yes. They really pushed that one on me. <laughs> and last one. On a night when bad dreams become a screamer, when they're messing with the dreamer, I can laugh in the face. Is that your imagination? Dream time. Their favorite possession obsession. Or you make my dreams. Dream time? Is that, was that not oh, 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 oh. On the night when bad dreams become a screamer. With the mess and with the dreamer. I can laugh it in the face. Doo-doo, yes. Doo-doo, you may. Oh, I just gave it away. Yeah, that. What were my options again? I can't think of the name of the oh, song. Right. You make my dreams. Come on. Yes, yes. Thank you. I was trying. A new dream was in it. All right. Other words around it. This so the bad. average is 60%. Let's see what Jen got. All right. First one was wrong. You said some things are better left unsaid. It was everything your heart desires. Okay. All right. Next one. Broken ice still melts in the sun. That correct answer was out of touch, and you got that correct. Next one. If you're not an easy mark, it's a shot in the dark that hits the heart. Your answer was rich girl. That was incorrect. I was did it in a minute. I won't go through everyone, but you got number four, right? She's gone. I kind of left. I kind of helped you out with that. Uh, You got number six, right? Adult education. That was very good. Um, You got number eight, right? Because I helped you out with that. You did. Not one of these answers, by the way, was possession, obsession. You know, I feel like I've been duped. (laughs) Yes. When it's the option every time. Yes. And your score. (laughs) The average is 60%. Just under a 50%. All right, I can take a fifty. Would you like me to enter your email to send you the results? I'm good, thank you. That one can <laughs> that one can remain anonymous. <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, it has. Jen, thank you very much for coming on. Um, I know you'll be back. I hope you'll be back. You will yes, be back. I will be back. And um, I'd like to do an alien podcast with you at some point. Okay. All right. We could do an alien podcast. Seems to be a lot of tinfoil hats out there these days. So I'm ready to do it. I got some 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 articles that that could really show that there are is aliens. There are aliens coming for us. Okay. Um, I mean, I'd way. have to. I was gonna say I'd have to beg them to reconsider. <laughs> if you're watching this, greetings. <laughs> 
I come they're like they're like Canadians. They would yes. like to go, but they don't want to take me. Yes, no, I want to go. But anyway, Jennifer Ebbett, caregiver for Hope Health Care. Thank you very much for coming on. You can check out this interview uh, and this session on the MJR MJR and Friends podcast channel. That's going to be on YouTube. You can check out the links on Facebook at the MJR Podcast Family. It's been awesome. Please check yes, us out. Yes, Anchor.fm platform. Check out our other great podcast as well. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you. It's a big bird.